0: What's going on, people? This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, alongside Mr. McLean Boyd, Mr. Jay Woodson. We got a big one, boys. It is Ryder Cup week. Finally, we've been talking about it for over a month now, and who is on the team and who is the picks. And we broke down captains' picks last week, but we are we are here. We're going to discuss all things uh, Ryder Cup. Get you prepared for this weekend's show. It's always one of my favorite weeks of the every other year it's way better than the president's cup sorry international team but uh first off how was everyone's weekend a little small talk how are you guys doing
1: good good fantastic wonderful good wonderful lots of sporting events kids games terrible fantasy teams that i have but that's all right it's a new week i'm positive we could turn this ship around it's only week two jay it's only week two only week two in fantasy (laughs) football i lost two don't worry about it Ah. I but. won. I won half of my leagues. I've got. I've got four, and I with two and two. So. Four leagues—that's a lot, dude. I can't keep up. Yeah, four is not that bad. Six. When I got to six or seven, that was over the top.
0: See, like I, I wouldn't be able to handle that watching football every day because you're going against players you have, mm-hmm. and then you forget who's on your roster. And you're like, oh, I need to go pick up this guy, yeah. or uh, wait, what? What team is this? What team yeah. is that? And
1: I have two, and I'm already struggling. Yeah. It's uh yeah it is it is challenging. I got a couple couple apps that help me kind of organize everything. But, but um yeah, you end up you know what's funny is you end up picking you end up picking a lot of the same guys yeah. just because you 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 have your eyes set on these guys and when you can draft them and you're like you end up getting them in a lot of the a lot of the leagues. Uh, but but it's inevitable if you have more than two you're gonna. You're gonna end up playing. You're gonna end up cross dressing. So they say you're gonna be playing. <laughs> you're gonna be playing the other. You know your own guys in a different league against you know another team. And you're like, I don't know who to root for here. Just everybody score a touchdown. <laughs> Everyone score, and then let's just see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: that's overwhelming at times. McLean, how's your weekend, pal?
2: Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Did some wings on the Traeger for Sunday football. Uh, nice. Good times for had. Good, good. times for had. I like it.
0: I um had a great weekend. Had a big Friday night. Suffered from the Irish flu all day at work on Saturday.
1: <laughs> Thanks to
0: Jay Woodson, aren't we?
1: Yes, we did have a good. Uh, we had a good birthday celebration.
0: We had a late birthday celebration for myself. We had a nice little dinner. Went to a little concert. Went to a couple other bars. One of them, I can't imagine we actually walked into this place so we the real fast mcclain the concert we went to was this cover band that does like old school like soft rock right so we were like the young guys there right we felt cool we were the young people there then after we're all really hammered we go to this bar called the jungle room (laughs) where the average age of everyone other than us was like 23 and a half (laughs) so we're almost double their age um (laughs) I mean I couldn't really see them. So
1: um <laughs> Yeah, because it was it was strobe lights and it was it was dark in there, like couldn't see anything. It was hanging plants everywhere. It was actually a pretty cool it's a pretty cool setup. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was uh, like, I mean, there were strobe lights going on. I couldn't even see anybody in front of me. But um
0: I'm really glad, glad I was user. drunk because I would have felt really old in that place. But <laughs> I didn't I, at the time I did not care. One but, bit. No, it was perfect.
2: Did perfect. you have to yell to order a drink?
0: I don't even think we I don't even think I ordered a drink at that point I didn't want a drink.
2: Yeah. I just remember right.
0: leaving and I was very sweaty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what happened inside?
1: It was a dance club. So yeah. we were all dancing. <clears throat>
2: I bet that was a sight.
1: It, it actually was pretty funny. No joke.
0: We, yeah. We uh <laughs> it was good. We, we got some late night pizza. I fell out of Jay's car and went to work next day. So. <laughs> Beautiful. Jay's wife Erin. Thank you, Erin. If you're listening, she was our DD, so we weren't drinking and driving. She took care of us, dealt with our drunks. Probably spilt pizza in her car. Who knows? All good. That wouldn't be the first
1: time that someone dropped (laughs) food in that car. I mean, it's all good. But it was yeah, good. That was a good, good night. It was a good night. It was fun. (laughs) So, um,
0: what's everyone drinking? Don't get them getting drunk and booze. Run a light. That's quite the train you're on. Oh, last week you were on the grapes. You had grapes last week.
2: Yeah. I'm not drinking at night.
0: <laughs> you <just>, you're hydrating. <laughs> hydrating for all the grapes. You're going to drink tomorrow.
2: That's it. Take it easy. You know, I just like something. I just like to have a little something carbonated at night.
0: Yeah. At least it's not a Kirkland seltzer.
2: I, they're in the fridge, bud. <laughs> if I, if I feel Randy, I can go grab one in a dandy.
0: Wow. Look <laughs> like at Dr. Seuss over there.
2: I've got a four-year-old. It comes natural at this point. <laughs>
1: Jay Bird, what you want? Um, I have got, I just finished off a another Elijah Craig uh, bottle of the toasted barrel. Um, It's pretty good. I mean, I think it was a little overrated coming out, but it's good. I mean, it's not, it's an easy drink, so um, it's good.
2: Nice. I'm on a little. I I saw a new uh, smoker thing that I'm actually thinking about buying. It's a piece of wood you put right on top. It's got like almost a little ashtray. On top of it, where you put the little wood shavings, yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. an ashtray. I'd say and you just fire it, and it pumps it all right down into the glass. Um, oh, yeah. I think I've got one on the way.
0: Nice, <laughs> must have. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's a uh, it's a showstopper at house parties,
2: or when I'm by myself, or when you're by court. yourself. Yeah, Same absolutely. Thing.
0: Yeah, just do it outside. My wife yells at me when I do it inside.
2: So. Uh, my wife yells at me when I do a lot of things inside. <laughs>
0: So I'm on, uh, I couldn't make up my mind tonight. I had like three different bottles in my hand. I couldn't decide. So I up, I'm doing Jefferson's Ocean. Ooh, nice. Wow. I haven't had that in a while. Sitting back there, caught the right light and caught so my eye.
1: And, give it to me. That's good. It was on Voyage 17. Take, take me on a voyage. Oh, Voyage 17. You've had that for a while then. I have had it for They're a while. We're already up to Voyage 23.
0: So it's very delicious, very smooth. For those of you who don't know, Jefferson makes a great bourbon. But this one, they put in their bourbon barrels, and they put them on a ship, and they cruise around for a while.
2: Have you guys had the bourbon barrel red wine? That seems to be a trend that I see a lot of uh, winemakers doing right now. Um, They're aging in bourbon barrels. And I got to be honest, I love bourbon, and I love red wine. I don't think the two need to mix.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, I think well, you're right there. You know, they do, I mean, a, a lot of uh distillers will will take these these casks and and they'll they'll be like port port casks, sherry cask, and then they'll go in and try to age these the bourbon in these casks, trying to give it a little, little bit of that that sweet flavor that'll somehow find its way through. Sure. I mean, it's it's not bad, but it just you're right. It just never it's it's not gonna ever be like your it's, top your top bottle or your top yeah. barrel it's never gonna come i mean you can get away with it a little bit you know but i it's just never it never seems to work the way they think it's going to yeah, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm not a big fan not a big fan yeah. the
1: the yeah, concept behind the the concept behind the voyage is pretty cool though like mike said they take it out on the ocean and you know, they say they can speed up the aging process because more of the more of the, the bourbon inside the barrel can swash around and hit the the inside of these char oak barrels and it's supposed to age it faster. So, you, I mean, I don't know the exact science in terms of how long it's out. A lot of it has to do with humidity. And if you're out, you know, in, you know, in the Atlantic Ocean on the, you know, in the Caribbean that's going to age faster because of the humidity. If you're out in, you know, the North Pacific, you know, that's a little different. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, and I think that's, they don't think they've had it completely figured out yet in terms of like, cause they really get pretty detailed with these, with these different warehouses. They're like, Oh, I know that this warehouse's temperature is this, the humidity level is this. And this, all of our best bourbon comes from warehouse C and level five, you know, they can always, they can pinpoint it because they've, they've eliminated so many of those factors, but the voyages, you know, they throw them on there. Like I said, you never know what the weather's going to be. Yeah. You know, if it's, you know, if it's 95 and super humid and, you know, if you stay too long, then the, then the, the barrels aren't as good. If you stay, if you don't out there long enough, then it doesn't age fast enough. So it's kind of a cool concept though. But, um, I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to get it, um,
0: it's a cool to story, that. too. It's a good yeah.
1: talking point. I think a lot of times with some bourbons, it's
0: it's sometimes about the story, you know, which mm-hmm. sells in the marketing. And I will say it's, it, it is a delicious bourbon. It's very smooth, easy to drink. Yeah. So it's uh, fantastic. So, all right, real fast. We're going to get the Ryder Cup, but we're just going to give it. There was a season opening event this past weekend. The 40 net championship out at Napa, California boy, Twitter Hall of Famer, Max Homa. Wins, where'd he go, like four under his last five holes, Hold out on like the 12th hole, made a couple birdies. Big birdie putt, curling putt on 17. Uh, Maverick McNeely was up there with him, just made like an absolutely terrible golf swing with a two iron off the 17th tee box. That's how we, we were talking about it earlier. It was just, it was bad. It was way over the top. It was had a hitch in it. The rhythm was way off. It was a nervy golf swing as nervy gets and makes double. He ended up he actually, I think he eagled. Then he eagled 18, but at that point he needed a double eagle uh, on 18, loses by one. So um, Max Homa wins, good guy, been playing well the last couple of years, won Riviera back in February over our boy, Tony Finau. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. Anything on Max Homa?
1: No surprise that he won out there. I mean, I don't know why I didn't pick him this week because he just – he loves that. That he that loves weather, California, loves California. Like he loves everything about it. So I don't know why I didn't put him on my. Yeah, I mean he's a, a so kind of. so Cal
0: born and raised, but he went to um, sounded like, what's that song? So Cal born or I don't know. Anyways,
1: that's a cow. I would love to know what that I is. I
0: feel like I was I was just singing the lyrics of a song.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, then he went to Cal up there in in, in um, Northern California. So very familiar, obviously, with California and loves it out there. So. I'm going to just pick him the whole West Coast swing this I mean, coming season. Not?
1: Yeah. just
0: He's either going to finish top 10 or win. So that's going to be my,
1: my pick. <laughs> Sounds like a good, good play. So, all right.
0: Ryder Cup week, boys. I'm so jacked. had the golf channel on all day in the golf shop. I was watching some of the coverage and the press conferences and all the teams are there. Mike,
2: Mike you didn't Max- let me um, give my take on Max Homa.
0: Oh, sorry. Max Homa. Go ahead. Congrats. There you go. Great. <laughs> awesome. God, I'm really glad I stopped very, and did that. Yeah.
1: Very well said. Very well said.
0: I mean, that's let's some, talk to there. Right yeah, right. Right and, yep. and to think <laughs> we could have missed that. Um, yeah. man. <laughs> I will give, I will give you a tip of the cap. You did uh, run away with the, um, uh, our draft Kings this week, some great picks. Mito Pereira top five.
2: I'm telling you, I only have four picks to make every week this year. Only four picks. I've got Mito Pereira and Ryan Palmer all season. I'm riding those two motherfuckers all season. Let's go.
0: Oh, and, then, and then when they're not in the field, you just go to the power rankings and you're all set. Yeah,
2: no, I'm, I'm just, I'm still picking them for $0. I don't care. <laughs> Nothing. I'll leave two spots empty. If I have to.
0: My fantasy team, on the other hand, in our DraftKings picks was all world bad. Yeah, it was bad. I uh, had five I, of my six guys miss the cut. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. I only had one guy make the cut. That's that's not good. It was <laughs> about as bad as I have ever picked in my life. Who, who was my only guy? I'm looking back. Uh Patton Kazire was my only guy who made the cut, and he finished T28. So, anyways, a lot of trunk slammers on my team. But all right, now. No,
2: let's let's run back through this again. No, so. we're
0: we're good now. Okay. You're I'm sure? bad. You're good. Jay was in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Ryder cup time, boys. Rider cup time. Like I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by McLean's congratulations to Max Homa. The uh, the boys are all there, all twenty four players that got in Sunday, Monday, and a couple of the guys were out hitting balls and practicing chipping and putting. But today was the first day they're all got on the golf course. All the squads press conferences started, and so I guess where we're gonna start. Uh, let's go big picture Ryder Cup. What are some of your guys' early memories, favorite memories of the Ryder Cup? It's obviously a, a cool event, team event that we don't get to have a lot in golf and one of my favorite events um, when it comes around every other year. So Jay, what's your favorite memory or, or first memory, I I
1: guess. I think the, I shouldn't say it's my first memory, but it's the one that stands out as when I really started paying attention to the Ryder cup was, was definitely in 99 when they had that massive comeback. And I think for, I mean, for any, any American fan of the Ryder cup, I mean, we haven't won that many since then. Um, I don't know. You probably had the exact two since then Two, I mean, that's, that's 20 years. We've only won two. Um, so, and that was a, that was a pretty incredible one. Um, just with them, you go back and look at the the, the amount of the putts that people were making and the players that were on that team. And, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy And, and the hideous, hideous golf shirts that they wore. Um, So that, I mean, I mean, you hate to say it, but that really stands out. Like it's a memorable, like those shirts, you're like, holy cow, what in the world were you guys thinking? I was like, you know, big Ben, why would you, why would you put these shirts on these guys? (laughs) But, um, you know, now they're so, they've been so ridiculous for so long. Like it, it almost is kind of cool. If you had a shirt like that now, people would, they would rock something similar because it's so crazy. Um, yeah, Hal Sutton's yeah. sleeves
2: were the same inseam as Ian Woosnam's pants. <laughs> That's <laughs>
1: <right>. <laughs> Oh, that was back in the day when the sleeves were so long. Isn't that so bizarre, the style, how it changed? I mean, yeah, uh, his,
2: his tan line was three inches above his watch.
1: <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that the Tiger used
0: to wear some baggy ass shirts and pants and like.
2: Fucking triple pleat with a cuff.
0: Oh, uh, God. 100% cotton.
2: Uh, the mock turtleneck is coming back, too. Did y'all see that?
0: Uh, is it? Is no, it no, it's
2: not. It's not. Kill yourself. <laughs> the people are still,
0: there. they're trying to wear them, but I don't it's know that awful. That.
2: What are you doing? <laughs> I just love that. The guys Nike. that
0: still have them in their closet from 20 years ago are going to pull them out. And it's not going to be a new one. No, but I did have
1: I did have a couple of those back in the day. Oh, I so did. Too. Was, I'll, I'll admit yeah. it. I had a couple of those. Yeah. But the,
2: I think the ones they have I now didn't are get caught onto that one. They're Like no they white have at least like no turtles.
1: They have like a little button though. Some of them can like it's like it still can open up like a collar a little bit, which is not as
2: bad. It's like golf's version of a henley. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um so McClane, what are your some of your first thoughts or when you think of the Ryder Cup favorite thoughts?
2: Jay's ever. exactly correct. I mean, it's Justin Leonard's putt. I mean, those, those shirts obviously make an appearance because of all the talk since then about them, the world's worst shirt. Um, But I also go back to, and I think maybe more from a highlight perspective, because I definitely wasn't old enough to have watched it and remembered anything of it, but 91 war on the shore. um, That's something I've definitely gone back and watched highlights of, um, you know, down there at Kiowa. And then, yeah, I mean, I'd have to say without question um, Leonard making that putt. I don't know that I remember much else of the matches other than that. Um, I mean, hell, I was 13 at the time. Um, so I was definitely in the mindset of playing a lot of golf and following golf, but not yeah. necessarily that I was so engaged that I could tell you who won a certain match. I just remember Justin Leonard making that putt and then the controversy controversy surrounding the U S team rushing to green.
0: Yeah. So my, my first memory, the uh, first time I remember watching the Ryder Cup was 97 at Valderrama. Don't, I don't know really I can tell you that much about it, but I just remember watching it with my dad.
2: Tiger's first I, Ryder Cup. What's that? Tiger's first Ryder Cup.
0: It was, that's right. And so for me, it's 99. Obviously, because it was unbelievable comeback, the putt, also because it was right on the road from where I'm from. So, you know, being in Massachusetts, being, in, being from Massachusetts in, in the event being at at Brookline in the country club was obviously a huge thing that I, I went on to do an internship at Brookline at the country club and one it's a, it's a club that has just a ton of history in general with Mr. Curtis Strange winning a U.S. Open and Francis We Met and all that that goes back and one of the first clubs in the country one of the first founding clubs of the USGA and so that obviously holds a special place in my heart and I hit that Justin Leonard putt hundred times. I think I maybe made it once. And it's really not as far as people think because those greens are so small. Yeah. Out there. But how, how far was it? Do we know the exact distance? It had to have been 45 feet. 45 feet. Some people That's think it's like 80 up, feet, but the whole green's probably not even 80 feet long. So yeah. Eight, 45 feet up up the up the hill there's up a, the tier. Yeah, there's a little tier. Yeah. And so then we would do events occasionally where we would put the flag in that same location. And yeah. people would sit there and, and try to make putt after putt to it. Uh, it really slow up play, which was great. But so, you know, so that's that's huge there. And, and like, if you guys remember that scene with them on the balcony, it's kind of a, a white fence. They're like basically climbing out of windows to spray champagne on all the fans and people down below. Yeah, That was basically where I lived when I worked there.
1: <laughs> that's crazy.
0: So that's the upstairs of the men's locker room. And there's an annex to the men's locker room up there and some more, you know, shower facilities and lockers as the club has gotten bigger and bigger up in the attic there. And they also had a little employee housing up there as well, where mm-hmm. I lived it was like dorm style. And so when I worked there, I lived there and, you know, the golf shop was, was two floors below me. So, you know, seeing them on that balcony is kind of cool since I spent a bunch of time, you know, in that building right there uh, in outside
2: that or inside that window. So that's,
1: that's pretty cool though. Every time you, you see that, those highlights, you're like, Oh, I lived right there.
2: Yeah. How many, how was it going back onto property after a night out with the boys?
0: That was tough. So it was tough living there because it was a very strict place. You're talking about a very exclusive club with a lot of rules. And we had this, we had to walk like our little employee parking lot was a long ways away. I actually had to walk across like the first tee. Oh, wow. To get to it. And we couldn't wear jeans. So we would have to, if I was just going out to have wings and watch a game, right? Going to Fenway Park down the road to watch the Red Sox. I wanted to wear jeans and a t shirt. I'd have to have a change of clothes with me and then like change in my car. And then after the game, I'd come back and change back into my polo. And well, sometimes if it was really late, it wasn't too bad. The security guard didn't really care. But like if I had a day off and it's a Tuesday afternoon and I was going to go hang out with some buddies, you know, I'm walking across the first tee, like in between tee times. And you cannot, you could not have jeans on, on could probably. not have jeans on, could not have a t-shirt on. So I always had to have, you know, golf shorts and, and shirt. And so that was, that was interesting. Holy um,
1: cow. That's and crazy. also
0: living with the ghost of Francis we met was also interesting. That's a real ghost. They, so they say. Of course, the guys as like a former hazing told me that my first night there, so I didn't sleep a wink. <laughs> but allegedly there's been multiple people over the years tell stories of seeing him, you know, up there and weird things happening. And I will say there was one night the door to our room just opened and it was like latched and it was opened, and no one was there. I didn't sleep that night either. <laughs> <Bet>. <laughs> that's but, crazy. So again, that's that's one of my favorite memories. And I I was at the 2012 Ryder Cup in Medina, where the US blew a big lead, a 10-6 lead to the Euros. And it went the other way as the Brookline match in 99. But I will say from firsthand experience, the presidents, or excuse me, the Ryder Cup is the best sporting event I've ever been to in person. Now, I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've never been to a World Series game or that kind of stuff, but the Ryder Cup is the coolest event I've ever been to. Um, Or golf, you think it's the coolest
1: event to go to in in the golf world? Oh, 100%.
0: It's one of the coolest sporting events I've been to, period. Yeah
1: but now, in the golf the world it's different. the number it's number one it's better, better than like going to the masters or the u.s open or anything like that so it's different i mean the masters
0: is cool because it's augusta um totally
2: different atmosphere
0: totally different atmosphere you this have to is be
2: subdued just, at augusta
0: yes this is a college football game on a golf course yeah i mean so like when we went you know being a pj member i get in for free lindy and i went up there she gets in for free with me i got her to go because it was in chicago and she loves chicago but we went for a practice round day and for Thursday, Friday, we did touristy stuff Saturday and all day Sunday. And you have to get there four hours ahead of the first tea time on Sunday. We got there three hours before the first tea time on Sunday for the singles. And the first tea was jammed. There was chance. There was the USA versus the Olay, Olay, Olay. And it was just nonstop cheering for three hours until the first tea time. And so but you have to
1: get there that, just to get a spot. So you just can, to try to get a
0: spot. Now it's also, and I will say it's, it's a little bit of a hard viewing experience on Friday, Saturday, because you're only talking about four matches going on at one time. Yeah. At least on Sunday, when there's 12 matches going on, the viewers, the fans spread out along spread the golf course. Um, but it it really is cool. I mean, just the atmosphere of the team atmosphere, they're chanting, the yelling, the roars are like you've never heard before. And yeah. so that obviously sticks out in, in my brain even though they lost which was just gut wrenching.
1: So, it's um, I've it's never crazy. obviously never been to the Ryder Cup. I've, I've been to the Presidents Cup and I, I will say that was a pretty incredible experience too. I went in uh at RTJ and Manassas or Gainesville uh Virginia where they have uh they used to play uh, play the Presidents Cup there every other every other well not I guess every 4 years they would come whenever they came back to the states to play they'd yeah. always play there. Um and I was in 2005. That was like Tiger Woods' heyday, and he was just incredible. Um, and it was the energy was pretty nutty. Um, and it's not, from what everyone says, it's not nearly as intense as the Ryder Cup, but it was pretty crazy. Um, and it was super cool just to watch, you know, all these guys, the best, the I mean, the best of the best, and then just going head to head in match play format is just so yeah, fun. So that's awesome.
2: I got, a, I got a great president's rider Cup story for you, real quick. Just to throw in a quick tangent. So, at a sales meeting years ago, Graham, Graham McDowell was our uh, was our speaker, and I was trying to ask a question that didn't come out the way I intended it to.
0: We we for of all people understand that.
2: So, the question I was trying to ask it was like, okay the history behind the Ryder cup is so deep, but it just doesn't seem like the president's cup is viewed the same way. And and that's kind of where I was trying to go with it in my mind. However, I asked him what he felt, you know, how how he felt the differences were between the Ryder cup and president's cup, but more so acted like how, how he felt playing in both the Ryder or the Ryder cup and the president's cup. And he kind of looked, he goes, well, wouldn't know much about the president's cup, but uh, I, I don't think the history is right there because he's not fucking eligible to play in the president's cup. Okay, he's only eligible, eligible to play in the Ryder cup. And this is in front of the entire company, mind you. It's not like it's three of us at the bar. And I asked the question between a small crowd of people and we had a little chuckle. No, I asked it from the back of the room so that everyone has to turn the fuck around and realize who's who's dumbass just ask this question and of course i'm back there and i'm standing right next to the vp of tour operations and he kind of leans over, goes ah graham handled it well don't worry about it i'm, I'm as red as a fucking coke can
1: <laughs> it's not it's really not that uncommon to make the because you just assume because the u.s plays every year in one of these events you just assume that the best players in the world are playing in it opposite of the u.s and it's obviously not the case we know that it's the Euros for the Rutter Cup, and then the rest of the world. But I mean, I I make that mistake all the time, where I'm just like, oh, it's like President's Cup, and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to play well. I'm like, oh shit, he's he's a Euro. Not he's not complaining in this. Yeah, it's. I mean, but yeah, I did. I, I've never asked a question in front of my entire company to grant it out, but <laughs> but uh,
2: in my mind, I was like, oh, this is going to be such a good, intelligent question, <laughs> and it came out. I mean, it was like a fart in church. It didn't go over well.
1: <laughs>
0: well. I wish I was there for that. Uh, I'd never let you forget it. Uh, you there it. are a
2: few people who never do.
0: <laughs> I will I will be remiss to say about the, the Ryder Cup. One of the reasons I love it, here's a trivia question for you. Two 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 part. What year was the first Ryder Cup and where was
1: it held? Hmm. I do not know that answer. And i I'm ready for you I'm, to tell me whenever you're ready.
2: <laughs> I'm still gonna throw out St. Andrews as the, the host course. Okay. I don't know the year. If I had to take a guess on the year, I'd say 1927.
0: Oh, you nailed the year. Wow. Nineteen twenty seven. However here all week here all week. <laughs> it was a good follow-up after the last story you just told. You kind of redeemed yourself there. Um the host course was Worcester Country Club, kid, in Worcester, Massachusetts, where I am from. So there you go. A little, Worcester. little trivia. Worcester Country Club, Central Massachusetts. That was the first Ryder Cup. First your, Ryder Club. Donald Ross. course. town.
2: Yeah, well, also, was, the, the peak of Worcester. <laughs> 1927 <laughs> Ryder Cup host.
0: I actually think they're getting ready to host. I think they're going to host the. A couple of years from now, they're going to host a Solheim Cup. I oh, believe. wow.
1: Is it a small course? I mean, I'm guessing. It's
0: small it's- and tiny, although I haven't played it since they redid it. Um, they put a bunch of work into it, so I think they tried to lengthen it and get it back to a traditional Donald Ross, you know, as those things change over the years. Got the greens back to where they were. And it's a fun, fun golf course. So it could never host the PJ Tour players, but I think it'll be great yeah. for a Solheim Cup if they get it. So Nine and a half to won by the U.S., Right. And that was back when it was just Great Britain. Yeah. People forget the Ryder Cup was just Great Britain for a while. Then they added Ireland, and that's when things got interesting. And, you know, United States was
1: dominating for quite a long time. What? So, how do you say, how do you pronounce that your your town here? I mean, it's spelled W O R C E S T E R, and you called it Worcester. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. not Worcester. Yeah. Or Worcester. Yeah. It is
0: Worcester. And if you say well, it right, it's Worcester. Worcester.
2: also yeah. a great host site for you know the Kiwanis and the Boys and Girls Club fundraisers as well. Um mm-hmm.
0: Hey, I know I know Andy Lane, head golf professional there, clubs and PGM grad. So I mean, you know, just saying. Not saying, just saying. Gosh, that's <laughs> crazy. So, anyways, yeah, that's a little uh little, little trivia question for you guys. You can win in a bar sometime. <laughs> 1927 Worcester country club home of Mike Maroney. <laughs> All right. So let's get into, uh, into this year's specific Ryder cup. You know, like you said, Jay, we've lost nine of the last 12. It's crazy. It's been not even close <laughs> a couple times. I mean, just, I guess now three years ago in 2018, we lost 17 and a half to 10 and a half in Paris. So the doors kicked off us in 16 and a half, 11 and a half at Glen Eagles in 14. You know, we did win in 16 in a romp at Hazeltine one and 08 and a pretty good romp. Asinger is the captain at Valhalla and then 99. Those are the only three times we have won since the, since 93, which is just, crazy
1: really that's we've won three since 1993 yep so three Ryder cups in almost 30 years
0: yeah it's been pretty poor so you know i think some of the a lot of the talking points you get on the Ryder cup hasn't really changed over the last 10 years it's and we've talked about them, why is europe better why does the usa suck what's the difference we always come in the favorites for the most part and if you look at the world rankings this year this is the strongest American team based off of world rankings, ever. There's eleven of the twelve guys are in the top eleven in the world rankings.
2: Wow. Do we think this is the year that we break the trend? I have no and idea.
0: I can't answer. It. So. I, I wish I could. Like I want. I want to say yes to that, but
2: of course we want to. But it is uh, looking at it adding up what we know about this team, adding up the friendships that we know about on this team, do we think this is the team that overcomes? Do we think this is the team that really gels together? Because they have basically been the Oakland Athletics in the Billy Bean era of taking a team of, I hate to say less talented players, because that's not fair. I would say uh, lower-ranked players. Um and beating the higher-ranked team of the American. Yeah. Um, they have consistently been David and beaten Goliath. Um, a- as we just said, over the past 30 years, we've only won three. So so I um, what,
0: what I think one of the United States strengths is, and a lot of people would call this a weakness, the, Ryder Cup, the uh, European Ryder Cup team has way more experience than our U.S. team. If you look at our team, we're young. One, we have six first timers. I hate to call them rookies because these guys are studs playing the game of golf. Um, yeah, they're first timers. We have six, they have three. But if you look at previous Ryder Cup appearances and you add them all together, United States has 12 combined, previous Europe has 38. That's crazy, right? So they're way more experienced than this, but maybe that's a good thing. For the United States, maybe they've gotten some of the old guard out of there. The guys that have the scars from this event. And you have some young, edgy, ego guys that are like, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to start taking this thing over because this is our, you know, hey, Phil and Tiger. Yeah, you guys were great individual events, but you guys sucked in this and we're going to change that. So I don't know. I hope they have that mindset and maybe it is an advantage that they don't have as much experience. I think they're, um, they're definitely playing better, obviously. That's Well, I mean, the that's European team
2: definitely has that going for them, though. I mean, you make a great point. Um, when you look at this team, you have guys like Lee Westwood, Paul Casey, um, we had Sergio, Sergio Garcia, Poulter. Ian Poulter. Um, they've got so – those are some of the best European tour or European Ryder Cup players of all time. Those friendships run deep. Um, it's easy to say that we've got some young talent out there. We have some bombers that might be able to hit it past some of these big or older guys. And I hope that you're right, Mike. I think you, I think you're onto something though. I think the new blood that hasn't necessarily had to endure the scars and is hungry wants to play for their, their country uh, has the chance to do it, but they are facing a lot of talented players that have been on this team and, have been a part of the European trend of winning. And I think those guys are going to play strong again this week. They've always shown no matter how they've played in other times of the year, when it comes to or Ryder cup week, those boys have always showed up ready to play.
1: Yeah. I I mean, obviously we're from, we're from the U S so we're going to be pulling for the U S but absolutely. I don't, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I just I just think it's it's every year, it's the same thing. Oh, we've got the strongest field that we've ever had for the US, uh, strongest team that we've ever had based on the world golf rankings. But this doesn't the, team golf, it doesn't matter what your world golf ranking is. It doesn't matter what you, it just doesn't matter how you finished, you know. I've got seven top tens this year as an individual. It's like, but team golf is just a whole nother level. You you it's a you just play different type golf, like. There's some guys who are just really good at it. And there are other guys who are not great at it. And it's not necessarily that they that they can't be, but they just they've they've trained their whole life to play individual an individual sport. Um, so I don't know. I you know, without getting too scientific on it, you know, I just I want the I'm pulling for the US obviously, but my gut is telling me that the Euros are probably gonna probably gonna win again. And to your point, exactly, Mike, that I know that's probably not going to be a popular thing to say. Um, no. It's not no, patriotic, it's, but it's analysis. I, I think that they've got too many guys that are that are great players that have played this event too many times together. I mean, look, look we've got Sergio Garcia, the the winningest, you know, Ryder Cup player of all time. He's he's getting ready to play in his three decades. And he's won 62% of his matches, 62%. He has not lost a singles match in the Ryder Cup for like 13 years, 2008. That was the last time he lost a singles match and he's played every year except one. I think he didn't play in 2012 maybe, but that's incredible. I mean, like these, these guys just love, love this stuff. And that's not even what Sergio is really good at. I mean, his, 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 his the two man uh, the two man matches are, are where he really really plays well. But um the you know like you you mentioned you said Ian Poulter you said Sergio you said Lee Westwood these guys have all been around the game for twenty plus years and played in multiple multiple Ryder Cups. How many guys do we have on our squad that have have played in the nineties and on the Ryder Cup? Do we oh, have I, anybody?
2: No. Well, hey, hang on. I've Nobody. I've got a crazy stat for you here, real quick on Sergio Jay, and I'll let you get right back to your take. Um career Ryder Cup points one Sergio Garcia
1: 25, 25 and a
2: half. half the entire United States team 25 and a half <laughs> that's what it's crazy it's crazy um so, so in that you know
1: history doesn't guarantee anything but I tell you what if you can walk into a an, a tournament like this and the one thing that everyone says which I think go, is discounted especially in the first day is the nerves are just out of this world playing for your country, and you've got four, or five guys on the on the Euros that have done it multiple, multiple times. Um, you know, Sergio again, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, and I mean, I know there's I think there's two or three other guys that have played in like two or three or four or Ryder Cups, and it's like, man, that's though they know. I mean, it doesn't mean they're not nervous. They will be certainly be nervous, but they understand and the expectation of the nerves and how they can cope with it and how their body reacts to that. That's a different kind of nervousness. You know, it's like if I get on the golf course as an individual and I'm on the first tee, I'm like, you know what, who cares? Uh, I'm going to hit a good shot. I'm going to hit a bad shot. But the only person I got to answer to is me. Um, But if you're playing for your country and you're playing with a partner now, it's like, Oh man, how could you hit that shot? You know, ask Hunter Mahan has, ask, um, you know, it has these guys who have, who have played incredible golf and just hit a bad shot at the wrong moment. And now they're, that they're kind of scarred forever. Um, it, it's, that's, an, that's, I mean, it's an incredible thing to have to deal with. Um, especially as popular as golf is as golf has been the last, last couple of years. So that experience I think is a huge advantage. Um, do are our players, better players, like, statistically based on their, their individual records, hundred percent. I mean, it's obvious. Um, but I'm not saying you can, you can throw that out the window. I just think the world golf rankings is negated by the experience of playing the Ryder cup. And I think it's really evenly matched a lot. A lot. Now, if we had, if we had more guys on the U S team that had played multiple, multiple Ryder cups and we still, and we had, you know, that, the, the, the the advantage for the world golf rankings, I'd say, yeah, we've got the best players who have also had a lot of experience with the Ryder cup. And that was, that was my one qualm with, with Stricker and a couple of his picks, you know, you look at, um, you know, his pick with Scotty Scheffler, which I'm I'm sure Scotty's going to play good. Um, You know, I think he'll probably play four of the matches would be my guess. He's going to give him one, one match off. He's going to play four. I would Think Scotty's gonna go two and two, you know, two and a half, one and a half. And he'll have a good showing um in his first Ryder cup because he he can bring the heat. Um, but then you take some guys that that were left off there, like a Webb Simpson, who has played in three Ryder cups, at least two. Um, and not to mention just president's cups, any type of team format playing for your country. So, that, that there's a lot to be said for that and under, understand how to handle that pressure and, and knowing what you can and can't do. So, I don't know. I think it's really evenly matched.
0: Yeah, it is. I'm going to correct myself. I said there was 11 players in the top 11. There's nine Americans in the top 11 in the world rankings. This one, to... still incredible, still really good. You know, yeah. you look at you talk about captain's picks, you look at uh recent history, uh, in the last four rider Cups as far as the captain's picks go. uh, Europeans have a winning record just slightly 21, 19, and three. The United States captain's picks are 16, 29, and three, or 29 and two, sorry.
1: Yeah, that's not great.
0: That is not great. Obviously, we had six captain's picks this year. Not to say that Stricker did a bad job. We'll see how that plays out. But that's, um, you know, you look at some of these other numbers. I I have these, Golf Channel did a, a cool article cite my sources here mclean and not plagiarize these aren't my stats but uh, <laughs> they uh they put out a bunch of different statistics on different sessions and statistics for the Ryder cup and so we're going to start really the home captain has the the pick of how they set up the order they go foursomes or four ball first which goes is the first session what goes in second session and Stricker is picking foursomes, which is alternate shot for those of you at home. And Europe kills us
1: yeah. in
0: foursomes since 1995, 55 and a half to 40 and a half in really? favor of Europe and yeah. foursomes. And he chose to do that first. You know, but then it's funny, you actually look at uh, the last three Ryder Cups in the morning session, and it doesn't, because they're always different depending upon what captain wants to do. The United States has won every morning session the last three years, or last, sorry, last three Ryder Cups. And then the Europeans have won the afternoon all three times in those same years. So it's, I don't know what to think of that. I think they're just kind of interesting stats. But, you know, uh, Johnny Miller was quoted as saying this week, and if you look at the numbers, he's right. If you win Friday, you win not on a session, but the whole day. If you're leading after Friday, going back to 2002, whatever team was leading on Friday night won the event. So it's about an early, quick start. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. it's hard to come back. And and you said who is – and you said obviously the Euros are, are great at, at foursomes, you said, and they, they had the opportunity to pick when they played those matches. Is that what you just said? Did so who the, home, the home
0: captain gets uh, to pick the order uh, of them. So Stricker has decided they're going to start off with foursomes in the morning and four ball in the afternoon. So we're going to have to weather the storm right out of the gate in the foursomes that first morning and to survive against the Euros because they have a huge advantage over us in that format when you start looking at the numbers.
1: Yeah. It, that, that's. I always think that stuff's fun. When you start crunching the numbers, I mean, it's, again, the numbers are the numbers. It's not it, – it, you still have to get the ball in the hole, and you, you can't – we've talked about this before. You can't – there's no way to quantify, you know, nervousness and emotion and being clutch, and we, there's no way to do that. Um, all you can do is just look at the stats and see, well, this is how they've played, you know, uh, in this format uh at this time you know whether it's foursome in the morning foursome in the afternoon whatever it is i mean that's all you can go on but something to go on and um yeah that's that's pretty that's 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 a neat little tidbit there because um he, it's almost like he's looking at it like if we can get off early and and just like you said weather the storm if we can get over that hump it's like starting the golf course you know on the three toughest halls on the on the golf course you're like hey if you can get through these three holes and if you know it and your expectations, there, like, Hey, let's just, we just come there. out of this thing. Even after the the morning, the morning foursomes, you know, we, we got a shot, you know, but if you give some, if you give them a little, you give the euros a little bit of momentum there in the morning, uh, or I'm sorry, if you give them, if they break even in the morning and then they're going in the afternoon foursomes like, Hey, this is a no brainer. We're going to come out leading and Friday and then this thing's over. Yeah. Um, so that's so a it, unique strategy. I don't know if I love it because if they do get off to a good start in the morning, it's like now you're just fighting an uphill battle the entire time. Yeah,
0: if the Euros after. come off to
1: a good head start, that's not Which what you again, want. Which you favor. I know, I know they're playing in the States, but that those first matches, you rely on your guys who have experience. So, I mean, I look for Lee Westwood. I look for Sergio. I look for Ian Poulter to probably play really well um, because they always do. And, and now... Now they're playing their f- most favorite format. If they get off to a, a, big start, it's like, can can these young guys overcome overcome that? Um,
0: so let's let's talk about potential pairings. Um, and the practice rounds today were were interesting, and you can kind of glean some things from them. Now, famously, Paul Azinger made the whole pod system work in two thousand eight, where he grouped everyone together in four man pods and they practiced in those pods. They were paired in those pods the whole week and he got it from the Navy seals and how they train. They take a large group and they make them into smaller individual groups to kind of bond and unite and get to know each other and work together and that kind of thing. And so pretty much every U S Ryder cup team has done that since the Solheim cup teams have now adopted the same thing. They kind of assign an assistant vice captain to that pod and that's kind of who they spend the week with, right? And so the Euros have not done that approach. So it's harder to kind of look at the Euro pairings today in their practice rounds to say, oh, this this is their pod or these guys are going to be paired with each other. But if you look at the U.S. pods, the first one was, or how I have them listed here, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty Scheffler. Right, obviously you got Thomas and Spieth, best friends. You could see that one coming. Bryson and Scotty have a Dallas connection. I'm sure they know each other fairly well, ish. They both live in Dallas. That's where their home base is. You know, I Scotty like Scheffler. a lot. I I do too. Scotty is also a, a UT grad with with Jordan Spieth. And then you go down. You got Xander, Patrick Cantley, DJ, and Colin Morikawa. Xander and Patrick Cantley are like best friends as well. California boys, they go on vacation together. Another obvious pairing right there. DJ is an interesting guy because he in all these team events over the years, he's never seemed to have a standard partner. He gets flipped around with so many people, you know. And so, you know, a DJ Colin Murakawa pairing, I think is great in a foursome's. Match, alternate shot with yeah. DJ's power and Morikawa's ball striking. Now, granted, I hope it
2: doesn't come down to putting.
0: I was going to say, yeah, they're both really shitty putters. But that's obviously going to be who they're paired with, because you're not breaking up Shoffley and Cantley. That's like the most I'll yeah. tell you right. I'm going to tell you right now. I'll make a prediction right here, right now.
1: Bold Sp- prediction. Mike and- Maroney.
0: Spieth and Thomas play all four team events, team sessions together. They're going to play five times. And they're going to play all four together. I'm going to say Shoffley and Cantley do the same thing. They're going to play all five rounds, and they're going to play all four team sessions with each other. I think mm-hmm. DeChambeau and Scheffler do not play foursomes one bit, and they only play four ball together.
1: I can see that. I, I mean, I mean it's it's it, you look at the type of person. I mean, you got personalities, too. And, and, and like you said, you have the backstories, some of these guys that if, they, if they're close, that they played a lot of, of team matches, do they play a lot of practice rounds together? So yeah, you do want to pair those guys because they do some gambling matches together. They know how to feed off of each other's energy. They know when a guy's playing well, when he's not playing well, they know how much to push their teammate to be like, Hey man, go for this. You know, you give this, give this, you know, short part four run. Let me, let me get something in play and you give it a go or, and they know when to say, you know, Hey, you're not swinging that great. You hit it in play. I'll take. I'll give it a go. You know, you know, they're comfortable with having that, those type of discussions, which is why I think, you know, the, the euros they're, they're a close knit group. And we've talked about this when Callum was perfect example. We did that, that pod with Callum on here and he had just finished trying to get his PGA tour card, uh, but, and had played poorly, but went back out to, to root on his fellow countrymen and, and David skins. I mean, that's tight. Ty- that's the type of camaraderie that they have. Um, and I can guarantee you that there are some guys on the US you know, the, in the U S tour playing in the U S that are uh, tour players that will go out and, and follow some of their buddies, but not a lot of them. It's like, Hey man, I missed the cut. I'm on to the next one. See you later. I'll talk to you next week. You do um, see so, it with
0: this generation. You see it way more than you used to.
1: You notice a lot yeah. more
0: guys standing behind the 18th green when someone's coming off. And a
1: lot of these guys are hanging around way more than you ever did. Yeah. When was the last time you saw Tiger wait around to see one of his buddies win a, Win a golf tournament on the PGA. He's only done that recently. He has done that recently, but but, but never before. Never before. Never before. Um, and again, that's where I think the Euros—they have that sense of camaraderie, and they can feed off each other. They play with each other so much because there's just not there's not as many guys playing on the the US tour on the PGA tour when they come over here. They kind of they they bond together. So there's something to be said for that. But you, you're right. I mean, and you, you you spoke of like Dustin Johnson. I think he's just kind of like. I think everybody gets along with Dustin out there from what I understand. And he pretty much gets along with everybody else. He's like, he's probably like, I don't care. Pay me with whoever I'm going to make five birdies this round. And whoever else wants to come play and make a bunch of pars and maybe a couple birdies, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the, why he is gets thrown around a lot. Whereas, you know, I'm sure Spieth and, and Thomas, like we, you know, we need to play together. Strict. We need to play together. You know, we're we're gonna dominate. Let us play together. Let us play together. They're probably in his ear. And he's like, all right, fine. All right. If you guys feel that good about yeah. it, let's let's go. Um and you, you know, got, then the you, last, like said, you, Then the last pod is interesting
0: too. You got Kepka, Finao, Berger, Harris, English. And there was reports today during the practice round. I think the Euros only played nine. The Americans actually played all 18. But towards the end of the round, Kepka and Berger were practicing alternate shots. Finau and Harris English were practicing alternate shot together. So in that pod, that seems to be how Stricker is going to pair those guys and it, it makes sense. Kepka, Berger, both Jupiter guys, I'm sure they play practice you know, you know, play some cash games and practice together and play down there and, and uh, live in the Jupe life. And so Finau I think is a guy that anyone can you can pair anyone with yeah. Harris English seems to be a really easy going low key guy. So that was just kind of maybe a leftover yeah. Pairing, if you will. It seems like a few of these were just probably made weeks ago. Yeah. In all honesty. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like Stricker has, he came into this week, listened to his press conference today. He he's like, yeah, I've kind of had my game plan. It hasn't changed since we've been here and it probably won't change. So, and then you look at the Europeans. So this is how they practice and I'll go over the, them real fast, but McElroy, Hovland, Westwood, Garcia. Actually, in my opinion, those are two teams right there. McElroy and Hovran would be unbelievably hard to beat. You put the two stalwarts, Westward and Sergio Garcia together, who have played really well in the history of this event. That's a a good one. Now, the Euros switch things up. They don't do the pod system, so they're not going to do the same thing. They'll probably have different practice round pairings tomorrow. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Going to get this out on Wednesday just for our listeners. Then you had Poulter, Lowry, Fleetwood, and Byrne Wiesberger. Then you had Casey, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, and Rom. You know, you got three, Casey, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, three dudes from England there, and then the real Spanish sensation, John Rom. Well, I mean, yeah,
1: we go down that list. I mean, you're talking about, uh, we've already mentioned, you know, Sergio Ian and Lee Westwood. You know, they've been on this this team, I don't know how many times. Paul Casey as well. I mean, so throw a guy in there who's been who's played m- multiple Ryder Cups. So you've got four guys with that much history, and then you throw Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and then Victor Hovland. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of pushing to put Victor in this because he's so young, but but Rory and John Rahm, two of the most talented golfers on the planet. Um, so you you know half of half of your team is like whether they're seasoned vets or they are the most talented guys that you, you could possibly have. I mean, and then you just have these other guys just fill, fill the void, you know, fill the spots. Um, I don't know. I think it's a good team. <laughs> I wish I, I, wish I wasn't saying this, but I want No, I mean, that's what I, I wanted it to be it. USA, but I mean, the more I look at it, the more I look at the dynamic, I, I wish I knew more about, and they're pretty tight lipped about how they do their pairings. They don't really give us any info, like the strategy, Obviously, it's working. They don't tell anybody. Yeah, and nobody well. knows what they're doing, and it's working well. Um, but, so um, I actually I,
0: think- I, I came up with an original thought myself today when I was kind of reading some of the stuff and watching. It seems to me, and I don't know if I had this right or wrong, but this is just my perception of how it's gone over the years. To me, it seems like the European captains over the years have not been afraid to hide people, play them two matches, or, la- yeah. or, or there's been some years where guys have only played the singles and that was it. They got sat out the first two days Yeah, and they've played their horses and they said, we're going to ride and die with these guys and we're going to play you in singles pal. Cause that's, we have to. And where yeah. I feel like the Americans have spread the wealth and everyone's playing the same number of matches. It's like
2: we are the land of participation trophies,
0: right? So <laughs> do we, do we just play our horses? if someone's if someone's yes. not playing well like i guarantee you the europeans they're gonna hide burn weisberger they're gonna hide terrell Hatton. he's not playing well like those guys like, i
2: think, is playing pretty well though
0: he is but i'm sorry he's not you know fleetwood's not he's not playing, playing
2: over fleetwood or fitzpatrick or yeah yeah i'm, I'm I, hear, but, I hear i hear you mean,
1: think about it like look at look at like any other sport like the nba playoffs you, know, you have all these guys that you know you know, your fifth, sixth, seventh, i say, I'm sorry, not fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth man that normally get like 20, 25 minutes in the regular season. You get to the, the NBA finals. Yeah, they get four. They get, I mean, you're talking, you have one guy coming off the bench, and these guys in the starting lineup, they play, they're playing the, um, as, as many minutes as they'll let them. And what's, how many is 12 minute twelve-minute quarters? They're playing 48 minutes, maybe not quite that much, but I mean, they may they take like a two or three minute break. That's it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, playing hey, four, this is the they're finals. playing
0: 44 minutes.
1: Yeah, this is the finals. Like this for them, this is it's the Ryder Cup, dude. If you if you just limped in, you should be happy that you're a part of it. And you may get to play two two matches. That's it. And if you win both of them, then the next time they come around for the Ryder Cup, like, hey, I only got to play two matches. I won both of them. I'm yeah. I know how to do this. Put me in the game, you know.
0: And so I I, I I would love to see. And I have no idea if what I just said from a statistical standpoint, if that's backed up. That was just my Impression watching it as a viewer and a fan over the years is the US kind of just spreads everyone around, and the Euros are not afraid to play four guys five times and, and sit some people for a lot. I of think
1: that. I think that's that makes you're sense. exactly that's, correct. What's what's the, the approach uh,
2: is very business like. They always yeah. have, and they've made it very known to like, hey, this is the strategy we're going to employ. These are the guys we're going to ride. We understand why you're here. Most likely, it was a captain's pick, anyways the guy who qualified wasn't necessarily the guy getting sat. Um, but I think at the, at the end of the day, they approached it very businesslike and they said, this is what we're going to do.
1: What is Mike or McLean? Do you guys have any idea what our the U S singles match record is compared to the euros, you know, in the, you know, on average, I mean, I think I would history also, wise,
2: we've been better in singles. Exactly. Yeah, so
0: since, so since 1995, um, I guess I don't know why. This is just the year that they, that this stat that I'm looking at here was, was cut off. They used 1995. The Euros uh, have a 75 to 69 advantage.
1: Okay. So they have won since 95.
2: But they now, granted, the they've, they've
0: also won all but three since that time. So, so that's
1: a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty close.
2: That's a pretty even number. I mean, a we're talking even s- number six but points that's, across how many years? 30, 30, 35 35
1: so. or 25 years. So, so that's what, like 14 Ryder Cups? So I would say that the majority of the points have been won in the team format, which is, I think, uh, bodes to your point exactly, Mike, is these guys, they know who's not playing well and like, hey, you're not going to play as many matches as this other guy. Even yeah, the four uh, balls is close. So since
0: 1995, the four balls, Europe's uh, has a 50 to 46 advantage. So four points there. But they've just and beat the, the pants off us in the alternate shot, the, the alternate since. shot, 55 and a half to 40 and a half. So since 1995, the overall total has been 180 and a half to 155 and a half. Again, they've now, they've, they've won. What, what did I say? 11 of the last 14, something like that. So it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I I do think in, I will, this is not my take. And I I was a good point made just before I actually walked up here to, to record this Shane Bacon on a golf channel. He went back and he looked at Stricker as a captain in the President's Cup and what he did with pairings. And he kind of ride or die with his pairings that he had set before the week. There was not much, almost, or any real changing of, you know, Speeth and Reed, or sorry, I remember it was it Spieth and Reed then. Maybe it was Spieth and Thomas. I forget who it was that played together. I think it was Speeth and Reed.
2: Simpson and Reed played together.
0: Yeah, whatever. I can't remember what year he was even the President's Cup captain, but he did not waver from his picks. Yeah. And
2: his I selections,
0: his pairings, where some other captains in Ryder Cup history, one pairing loses a match, and they automatically get split up, and you're throwing somebody else into the mix. Yes, they may be from the same pod, but it's like, all right, just because someone wins or loses one down doesn't mean you got to split them
2: up. Knee-jerk reaction. I think you're 100% correct. And I, I also would say it's fair to say that that's an accurate um, approach to how Coach Stricker is going to coach this weekend for lack of a better uh, better way to use fucking words. Um, I think he has a very, very planned system in place. I don't think we're going to see much uh, straying from that. I think a lot of these guys, as we, discussed on some earlier episodes, um, knew they were going to be picked well before the time came that, you know, the rest of the world was privy to that information. So it would not surprise me at all. If we see the pod system we saw in place today, it would not surprise me if we are, we basically are able to call what we're going to see the remainder of the week based off of that. Um, I, I, I think there's some merit to that. I also think there could be some downsides as well. Um, I don't think you want to eliminate the ability to flex or change when needed, but I also agree that it does not to be knee jerk because someone lost a match together. Um, there's a couple of different ways that you can look at that and really assess whether or not that their, their compatibility as a team was the reason for that loss. You know, I, I think there's, there's a lot of other things that come into the picture. Did they get beat? did they have a bad break i mean there's a hundred different ways you can look at it and I'm not saying those things aren't assessed but at the end of the day I, I totally agree with you i think some captains make knee-jerk reactions quickly um, I also think that you don't need to be locked in and say this is what I'm gonna do weeks ahead of time and you need to be able to make changes in the moment um, yeah I, it's it's difficult to do but you you've got your team around you make a decision and yeah I think that's it.
0: there's got to be some flexibility like you said to to react, maybe someone all of a sudden just starts playing really poor, and you got you got to sit them. But
2: well, maybe the two guys that just aren't putting good,
0: yeah. But you've made these pairings for a reason, right? They've used analytics to make these pairings, and in, in in stats, they've used the players' conversations. They use how they're familiar with each other and they're comfortable with each other. So stick with it. If if kepka and Berger go out Friday morning and they lose in foursomes, but you think they're a strong pairing, unless they play just fucking god awful. Then keep them together. If your numbers say and and your the whole team and the vice captains and the players think that they're a good foursomes pairing, then play them in foursomes. Don't overreact and, and switch. So, Jay, did you hear what you we were talking about? You went to go get some bourbon.
1: Um, about I think you were talking about Steve Stricker and how he stuck he's stuck to his um... yes. And when he was the President's Cup captain, he's kind of stuck to
0: his pairings and didn't switch them at all. And where some Ryder Cup captains have overreacted to a loss and all of a sudden broken up a pairing just because they lost one down one one match <laughs> you know because you lose one match doesn't mean you're a bad pairing and you need to be yeah. split up and change the team all of a sudden so yeah I'll be curious to see it sounds like he's pretty set in his ways just listening to his press conference I don't know if they're going to waver much I think they have their plan and you know 90% of the matches are going to go as they see and then maybe there's a couple that they switch here and there but
1: yeah Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think you've got to have some consistency, you know. And if he he, and Stricker does have some experience, he's been the Presidents Cup twice. Presidents Cup uh, captain twice or once? I I think just once.
0: He's been a vice captain on the Ryder Cup team the last three occasions, but I think it was Presidents Cup just one
1: time. He's been he's been involved. Um, Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I I wish I wish Patrick Reed didn't didn't make those, you know, or, or like those tweets. um I don't, I still think he should have been playing. I, I'll, you know, I, he we, didn't. We know me. it
2: wasn't Patrick that liked those tweets. If you think Patrick's the one yeah. that's actually sitting there on the fucking yeah, phone true. hitting the thumbs that's up, true. I'll kiss your ass.
1: Yeah. But the guy's only, he's played in 12 matches and three appearances on the Ryder Cup, and he's only lost three times. And they've all come on four ball, which, we all know anything can happen in four ball. You can hit a buzzsaw. You can have a bad partner and you just can't keep up. But one, zero and two and foursomes, three and oh and singles. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. The guy's just he just it's like we need we need those guys like we need those guys playing. And I don't think he did anything at the tour championship to tell me that he wasn't going to be able to play in the in the in the Ryder Cup. In my opinion, I think he went out shot some good numbers. He was a little rusty in the first round, just coming off the double pneumonia or whatever. But be wary of the, the 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 injured golfer or the sick golfer, especially when they're playing in an event like this where their adrenaline is on like at the ultimate high and he just feeds off of it. So I know I'm, I'm going real negative on the U.S. team right now. <laughs> I hate I hate it, but I'm I, I actually moving man. on the team. If he would have been on the team, I'd have felt a lot better. I was like, we've got a couple, we've got a couple dogs out there that can get, can fight, you know? Um, otherwise, you know, like in an individual match, you're like, oh, he, he's kind of a knucklehead. But, um, Jay, can anyway. you give me an Olay, uh, ole, ole? ole. <laughs> yeah, you practicing that for this weekend? I feel I like, like you're going to be doing that. that I will not do that. <laughs> I will not do that. But I, I it's going to be, it's going to be a, it, it's going to be a good, it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to the singles, the last three. I think it's going to come down to the last three matches, three or four matches, depending on how where they are in the match. I think it's going to come down all the way to the end on Sunday, which is, which is going to be a great or great, ride. Right? It's going to be a great Ryder cup. The, so one advantage that I would say that we have, which is somewhat of a disadvantage, we're playing whistling Straits, Um, So it can be kind of crazy and windy, but it's, it's super long. And, and if Steve Stricker really knows his teammate or his team, he's going to set it up long. He's going to set it up to their advantage, which he should get rid of some of these short dinky holes, the drivable holes that are like, oh, we've got long guys. It's, it's, it's that's to our advantage. Like, stop with the make it fun for people to watch. People want us to win. Like w- fun is winning. Fun is winning, not watching our a guy hit. Uh, a driver on the green but so can you know if you set a hole up at 280 everyone on everyone on their team is gonna they're gonna give it a go too It's not like they're that much shorter but when you set it up 480 490 500 yard par fours into the wind and you got dustin johnson who should have won the pga championship there like bryson de i mean we've got an advantage with length.
0: yeah but i think if you
1: if you get the advantage of length, i think the drivable holes
0: become 325 330 and then we have an advantage if they're 280, I, I agree if, with you.
1: If he if, if he if he notices that, like, hey, we've got we're gonna put this hole you know, yeah, exactly right. If they put it, if he does it, if he gets the right length, but when he gets, I, I hate when they're like, oh, this the, you know, PGA, the PGA is in in their ear, like, hey, let's make this fun. We want to make entertaining. It's gonna be entertaining, no matter what. You don't need to. You don't need to throw the 280 to 290 par fours out there to try to give everybody a go. Like, no. You have the choice to set this course up the way you want it to try to win. Then let's set it up that way. You well, know, now, granted, go. I believe
0: the, the home the home captain gets to set the golf course up until this week, so they mm-hmm. they don't have he's not having say over tee box selection during the <laughs> week. Now he may have told the PGA leading up to it where they would like, you know, exactly. but he's not picking the whole locations. No, he, no, no. He no. gets you a say on widths of fairway and rough length. And that kind of stuff leading up to it, but once the week comes, carry sure.
1: Haig with the PGA takes over. Sure, from there. Sure, now, sure. obviously, but he's we have going a lot to- of we have a lot of say in, in it and leading up to it. Like, hey, I really don't want he can he can go to the the PGA and he's like I really don't want this hole to be two eighty. Yeah, we've got guys who hit it that can carry it three twenty. They don't have any guys. Yeah. So if we got a three, 320 yard par four covering a couple bunkers or covering water and it's a, and we're playing four ball. Um, hey, we, we want that 325 yard carry cause they don't have anybody on their team that can do it, but we've got three or four other than maybe Rory is their only guy that can really hammer down like that. But yeah, no I mean, they, else, have a, really.
0: they have a pretty short team. I mean, that shorts. shorts relative, right? You got Rom yeah. and, and McIlroy, but I mean, Westwood doesn't really hit it as, Anywhere anymore. Poulter doesn't hit it anywhere anymore. Fitzpatrick's not long. Fleetwood's not long. You know, I'm sure Weisberger is because the guy's a mammoth. But mm-hmm. Casey's Casey's pretty
1: long. Casey's decently long, but he's not a he's not a uh he's not gonna separate himself with his length. I mean, he's consistently long, but he's nowhere near the Dustin he's Johnson. Not yeah, Dustin Johnson, Bryson, Finao, Kepka long. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where. The in my opinion, that's where if they can play to that advantage, it's like and really press hard on it, and the PGA (laughs) will follow suit. I think that that's that's a way that we can negate some of their experience with the just sheer athleticism, the sheer length that we have. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk a
0: little more about the golf course like, who does it favor? So, some people think it favors the United States because it is long, now, some people think it favors the Euros because it is. Links ish. It's going to be windy. They are calling for on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday be you know fifteen to twenty miles an hour, which is pretty substantial. You know, coming off the lake there. So, and they are talking about some rain Thursday into Friday. Some potential rain that could soften the golf course, which I think plays in the United States hands, just make it yeah. even longer. But if it's windy and firm, they don't get that rain, then it
1: may go more into the Euros hands. Yeah, I don't. I mean. I think, yeah, there's certainly the element of, of wind and rain. They're used to playing the conditions, and they're you know, maybe a little bit more mentally uh, trained in, 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 the, in those settings. But, again, you throw wind and rain and length, I still favor the guys who hit it the furthest. Again, I mean, we've talked about that. I mean, you know, the strokes gain, and we're, we're, we're jumping back to more of the individual stats and stuff like that. But I think it's, uh, it does still hold true. You know, hey, this guy hits. He he can carry at 320. We've got five guys on the on the team that can carry at 320. They've got one. You know, let let's let's take advantage of it. And I think especially in the in the four ball setting and the single setting, foursomes is a little different. You've got to be a little bit more calculated. Um, So that's why I think it's we've struggled a little bit. But but hey, if we can if we can dominate in these other areas and just hang tight in the foursomes. Um, and, you know, you really use the golf course to our advantage. You know, I think, I think the length is what can separate separate what, what, what the U.S. is able to do here, regardless of the conditions. I mean, let's be honest. The, these guys for the U.S. have played in all conditions. They've played in multiple British Opens. Like, they, they understand what it takes to play well in, in tough conditions. They wouldn't be there if they didn't. It's not like we're talking about a rookie on the PGA Tour that's never played overseas before. I mean, these guys have all played. And, yeah. they can do. and so from
0: a... I, I wish I had the exact stats. I just heard uh, Brandel chambly talk about he went through everyone's appearances at Whistling Straits, right? So Whistling Straits has hosted three PGA championships. Um, 04, VJ won. 2010, Martin Keimer won. And 2015, Jason Day won. That's right. And so a lot of these guys have experience on the golf course and then the PGA championship and the Americans had a much better record when you looked at it from a top 10 standpoint, I think maybe only one guy missed the cut where the euros on this team had a handful of missed cuts and maybe only one top 10. So, you know, it's, um, and like even look at a guy like Jordan Spieth, not a long guy, but did finish runner up in 15 has had pretty positive experience there became number one player in the world on the 18th green at that place dj we all know what happened to dj 2010 the penalty on on 18 should have won that thing or at least gone into a playoff so he's played well there now granted a a four-round stroke play event has nothing to do with winning your point friday morning yeah nothing but there is a little
1: bit of a track record of success <clears throat> on the golf course for some guys what um what did uh Dustin Johnson do in 2015 when they came back? I know Jason Day was really playing some good golf. So was Jordan Spieth. Um, and Dustin is is always playing good golf. So it's, <laughs> I mean, he's won of he's won a PGA Tour every year since his first year on tour, which is incredible to me. Um, I, I that that stat. I know that we're digressing a little bit, but that stat's just bizarre. I mean, no one else has done that. Tiger hasn't done that. Um. So here's this is this is
0: interesting right here. So I just pulled up the, the leaderboard from 2015 PGA. So Jason Day one Spieth came in second. You go down a little bit, T5, Brooks Kepka, T7, Dustin Johnson, T10, Tony Finau. T17, Roy McElroy, T 18, Justin Thomas. So way more, way more Americans up there in that top 20. There's, what what did I say, four or five guys, five guys that are on this squad that were in the top 20 that week, and Rory is the only one on the squad in the top 20. But, again, that has nothing to do. That was six years ago in a completely different format. I can't remember the weather, but.
1: um, I remember the weather being pretty nice. Yeah, I feel like it was nice. It was just sunny every day and nice. Um, Guys didn't have any problems stopping the balls on the green. Did you
0: see? this? I think, did I read the stat? Like, there's like 1,100 bunkers on that golf course.
1: Hey, yeah, Pete, I don't, I don't know if I, I do know there's an absolute shit ton out there, and you know, it, it's, it was weird. That was the whole, that was whole issue with with Dustin and, and they have so many little teeny little. There's so many little like pot bunkers that look like just waste areas that are, like just kind of run in with all. Yeah, they you know, don't
0: have very very defined edges like you see in a yeah. lot of golf courses because it's that rugged yeah. rustic. Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, one thousand and twelve bunkers on the oh, Whistling Straits golf course.
1: You're off. You're yeah. off. Uh, hundred. Sorry. Ninety eight. Sorry. Uh, Eighty eight. You you said one thousand one thousand and two or oh one thousand twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty eight. You're off. Eighty eight.
0: Like Pete Dye, what the fuck were you thinking, dude? Like, who puts a thousand bunkers on a golf course? And there's no way I want to talk to that superintendent. There's no way they maintain all those things.
1: No, they don't. And that's the thing. That was the that was the point of contention. That they had with the whole thing with dustin johnson was that most of these were not maintained guys people were walking through because they were outside the gallery yeah and and i know that they put the they put the notice on the lock in the locker room letting everybody know that every sandy area is considered a bunker do not ground your club and that's he's right but it does get to a point where like you know am i on like a weird little cart path here am i on like Can I just not ground my club anywhere? Like nowhere. Just don't ground your club, which I guess is what he should have done.
0: And that's what they've told the players for this week. They've warned players again. Be careful. If you're in sand, assume you're in a bunker. Do not ground your club. That's crazy. Or or call an official over (laughs) just to make sure. Yeah, that'll help speed up play. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that when I saw that number today. I was like, that can't be right. (laughs) It has to be a typo. (laughs) A thousand bunkers, that's... Well, then if you look at a picture of the 18th hole, like on the left side there, there's probably 400 on that one fucking hole. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, there's none I mean, come on, Pete. Like, 700 of those bunkers probably aren't in play.
1: Yeah.
0: And make a great picture, though.
1: Yeah, looks
0: good. It looks real good. So, so, do we want to do our picks? I guess, you know, I was shocked... We have a a DraftKings for this week. I didn't know they did this for this, events. This and fun.
1: I, this I is guess. fun. I like this. Uh, I like this strategy. I, I've, this uh, this captain's pick. So you you know we give the rundown, Mikey. I don't know if you've got the uh, the contest, the rules pulled up, but if you're looking to do the DraftKings this week, um, it's a little different setup. You know, you've got. You've got one captain's pick, which is one and a half times his normal or whatever his listed value is. So if he's, you know, if he's ten thousand in a regular uh, spot, he's fifteen hundred or fifteen thousand for his captain's pick. And then you pick five other guys at their normal value. So his points also aren't, it, aren't his points also one and a half, right? It, his points are also one and a half.
2: Well, so, and I just noticed it's only your top ranked guy. Yes, I, I'm not a big fan of that.
0: No, it's whoever you want to make as the captain.
2: No, no, I wanted oh, yeah. Patrick Cantlay as my captain, and maybe I picked, maybe I screwed up because I was going back in. All right, edit that out. You guys <laughs> keep going.
0: <laughs> no, let me let me start this over. You're giving, you're giving away your picks.
1: Yeah,
2: I know. I
0: fucked
1: so, up. so you can so whoever you pick in that captain spot will will accrue one and a half times uh, the 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 normal points, but they also are at a cost of one and a half times their normal cost. So. Um, you know, once you pick that captain spot, then you have five other guys that you pick and they're going to get points based off of, um, you know, points, of points, one in a match, uh, birdies, they get that as well. And then they also holes, they're going to accrue points on holes left. Um, say they win the match three and two, they're going to get points for having two holes, not played and winning the match. Um, so that's a, just a weird little, that's a, that's obviously something that we don't we don't normally see in, in a day-to-day match. Normally it's just birdies and birdie streaks. And, um, and there's also, you know, if you win two holes in a row, three holes in a row, four holes in a row, you get different bonuses on that as well. Yeah. Um, even so a little, gets- little different, little different, uh, you know, a little different point structure there, but, but super cool. So, I mean, it sounds like the strategy based on what I know about this is you want, you want to pick guys who are going to play the most matches, obviously. Cause they get a chance to accrue the most points. So you don't want to put your captain spot and for a guy who you think like a, I mean, I'm going to throw a name out there. It could be wrong, but you wouldn't want to put Harris English in your captain spot, even though he's a lower price guy. If you put him in your captain spot and he only plays two matches, you're really at a disadvantage because he's not going to be able to accrue as many points, even if he plays great in those two matches. So you want to pick the guy that you think that's going to, that's a cost effective. That's going to play the most. Um, and accrue the most points. So, um, sorry, we kind of went in depth of, of why. But I think it's kind of cool to know. It's different, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's different. All right, so, Jay, while you're hot, go while you're hot. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, so, I I kind of, based on, I just just talked about it, I am picked the guy who I think is going to play the most matches, and I think is going to win the most. So, I don't know if you, can you guys guess who you think I picked as my captain? Rory McElroy or Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia. I picked Sergio. I knew it wasn't a fucking American. <laughs> I'm just—it's all about points. I do love Rory, but and I know Rory's going to probably play uh, every match. But I can't imagine unless Sergio plays really poorly in the first couple of matches. I can't imagine he's not going to play all five matches, and he is the winningest Ryder Cup participant in the history of these matches. And so he's my, he's my, he's my captain's pick, um, at 10 five, which is That's pretty, pretty incredible. That's a good, pretty value. good. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I follow behind with Patrick Cantlay, who I think is playing really good golf right now. He's at an all time high. I think he's going to play a lot and I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna win. Um, I, then I throw Dustin Johnson in there because he's played this course numerous times, had success. I think he. I feel like Dustin is going to have a really good Rider Cup, um, just based on his. Like I said, his history. Uh, he knows his course well, and I think he's been in this situation quite a few times now. I think he's one of the veterans on this team, and uh, he's got that kind of carefree attitude. But he's still competitive. I mean, the dude. He's a competitive guy. He wants to win. He may not be so vocal like Patrick Reed, but he's he's super competitive, and I think he's going to have a good really good, uh, a really good Ryder cup. And then, um, you know, I jump over to Mr. Rory McIlroy again. I, he, the dude's awesome. I just think he's awesome. And I think he's the one guy that can, that can kind of combat any type of course setup that, that the the PGA throws at him. He He's the one guy who can hang with all those guys, maybe other than, than Bryson, but pretty close. Um, and he's on he's on a good squad there. He's done he's done this quite a few times as well. So, um, then I drop down to my boy Tony. B. now um, he's kind of a little bit of a wild card, but the price was right. He's played it enough times. This is is this is this is maybe his second Ryder Cup, but he's played in this is maybe his fourth team competition. I think he may have played in two Presidents Cups prior. Maybe not. That sounds right. <clears throat> yeah, but I think this. Is, I think he's playing three team events, whatever they are. But um, I, I mean, I think I, if if I were playing in the team match, he would be the guy that I. You want to play with that guy who's who can make a ton of birdies, and you know, if 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 for me, I'm I know I'm kind of a grinder. I will grind out par for a fifty cents to beat you know my my son. And if we're playing a little you know one on one match. And I, I will remember it for all night. And he may not have that kind of outlook on it, but if you pair him with the right guy, they could really mesh well. He could make he could make a ton of birdies pairing with a guy who knows, he knows is going to make pars. That just frees him up. You know, he just, I feel like he needs that guy that he's like, I don't have to worry about making a par here. I can just attack and make six, seven birdies and let them make their pars and we're going to win. Um, so, that's the story behind him. And, and very similar with my last pick, Scotty Scheffler, he was priced right way down the bottom. I don't know how much he's gonna play, but if he does play based on the price, if he gets three matches in and they win, I think it's a bonus. Uh I think it's a big win for him to be at fifty eight hundred dollars. And if he plays in three matches and say he goes two and one or or two oh and one, he's gonna he's gonna cruise some points. So okay. There it
2: is. Um McLean. Yeah, uh, my captain, Mr. Patrick Cantlay, arguably one of the hottest golfers on the planet. Uh, I think I may have already uh, covered that on accident for everyone. Um, So it's just good content. You're welcome. I didn't have to do that earlier, but I did it. And Very good. Now here we are. So moving down that list, I mean, obviously, going back to Patrick Cantlay, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, as he did uh, to John Rahm and to... um, uh, oh, who do you do with down the and Bryson? Thank you. Um, he's going to hit it outside of them and just drain putts on top of them. I think that's something that is very, very frustrating in match play. Uh, I think he also possesses the ability to hit it inside of them when we know he's going to make it and putting in match play is so incredibly valuable, especially early in the match to get out in front a little bit for someone who can make a couple of those tougher putts versus a guy who has to rely on ball striking to really hit it in there close to get his birdie um his birdie day going so again i, I think patrick canley also has an attitude that even keelah i think he's someone who's going to really really thrive in match play um and i'm looking forward to him having hey, hey mcclain i
1: don't want i don't want to interrupt you No, please you made, a, you made you made a great point there and i didn't we didn't talk about it yet but you, you're right so we and i i'm gonna i don't want to say stand corrected but i want to make sure that i'm clear with The match play format and the regular like four round tournament, like I always talk about strokes gain, tee to green, strokes gain, um, you know, stroke trained approach. Like you can win a four round golf tournament ball striking the shit out of somebody. But in match play, this putter, you know, we don't I don't know if we really have looked at the stats on, you know, success in in a, a team format and how important the putting stat goes through the roof when you're talking about match play. Absolutely. Because making a 10 or 15 foot par putt is huge in in a team format match play. Whereas in a in a four round golf tournament, it's like great, okay, it's great par saver. Let's go to the next hole and try to make a birdie. But in this format, making putts is huge. And that's why I picked Cantley as well. But I think that's a great captain's pick. But go keep getting Well, and, and
2: historically, Jay, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Your clutch putters, and I'm not necessarily talking about your best putters of all time, but your clutch putters. Look mm-hmm. at Tiger and singles and some other guys out there that we've looked at as clutch putters throughout the time. Every hole is all of a sudden the end of the golf tournament. Yep. Every hole is the 18th hole. Yep. So they view the putts very different. And yep. I think Patrick Canley is going to fall right in that same thing. Tiger's awful in team play. But singles-wise, the guy has a pretty freaking solid record.
1: Yeah, which is um, exactly why Patrick Reed has been so good because he's got such an incredible short game and he's such a clutch putter. That's like, exactly he right. Just, he wears people out. That's why I was like, man, I was like, Stricker, you had to pick this guy. Even with pneumonia, the guy's going to win three points, man. Yeah.
2: Gonna... I, I, hey, I, Jay, I don't disagree. Get over it.
1: I'm just saying, <laughs> that's why we're here. We're here yeah. to complain and talk about job and just better or our not. Opinion. Better
2: or not. This is maybe, where we are. Maybe this somebody gets
1: hurt. Maybe somebody gets hurt tomorrow and he he just bites the bullet and calls Patrick and like, Hey, I know your wife liked those tweets about me, not picking you, but I know you didn't do it. I want you to come play and I want you to come win me three, three and a half points.
0: And leave her
2: at home.
1: Leave her at home. All right, who else on your team, McClane?
2: What segment are we on?
0: I think we were doing your pets. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh Going down next, uh, Justin Thomas, another guy who I think thrives a little bit in that match play format. Uh, I think him under the gun, he putts better than other times. He's proven that he can make the big putts when it counts. Obviously, ball strikes the hell out of the golf ball. Uh, I think his combination with speed this week is going to have a lot of ham and egg buddy-buddy golf. They know each other's games. I think they're poised to uh, win a lot of points. Um Moving down from there, I got the guy who is kind of the wild card. I think he's going to win his singles match. We'll see if he can find a team and play and be a good team member. But I think someone who loves playing well in big events, someone who has had has a history of playing well in big events and someone who, if he wants to play well this week, he probably will. It's Brooks what, whether or not he wants to is, is a question. Mr. Brooks. Kepka. <laughs> So I'm I'm betting that for some reason he's you know getting a half a chub to go play in the Ryder Cup so he might be uh intrigued and decide to play well. Um from there all-time winningest Ryder Cup player of all time Mr. Sergio Garcia. We already know my um my affinity for Sergio. We're going to leave it right there. Mikey I'll text you about it late night. I'll, I'll slip into your DMs. Nice. Um, I, can't, I can't wait I can't wait. Moving on another Europeans version of Patrick Reed, uh, Mr. Ian Poulter. Um, Again, a guy who really thrives in this competition really thrives under the gun loves nothing more than playing for England. And I think he's going to do really well this week. Again, even though I'm an American, I'm rooting for the Americans. Let's not let these picks confuse you. This is money people. And you know, while it may only be $10, I don't, I don't make a living burning them up, lighting them <laughs> on fire. So even though I am playing a little house money this week, you are, uh, that'll make me say, ole ole. Uh, and then my last pick, Mr. Scotty Scheffler. Um, I, I like some of these first time guys. I think you made a great point, Mike earlier, ha- not having those battle scars and, not understanding what the Europeans have really done to us. I mean, I'm sure these guys have some understanding. It's not like they haven't been around or they don't know what it is, but not having gone through it, they can now approach it. Being this there and, have and it having that to first person. Well, it's like anything. The first time you do it, it's the best. You want it more than anything. You, you are gung ho to be there for your first Ryder Cup, for your first Masters, for your first US Open. I remember my first um, AJGA event. And uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I didn't know
1: where I, you were going with that. I thought you were going something else with that.
2: It could have gone a lot different ways. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something, and then I, I didn't want to go too far, so I backed it up. But, you know, I, I mean, in the simplest form, I won one mini tour event on the small little Hooters Carolina series, but I can remember that one win, and I was so pumped up and so ready to go play my next event. Um, I can only imagine these guys going in there for their first time, having qualified for something. Um my my <laughs> my memories or previous experiences it, it pales in comparison obviously at the same time but regardless of which i can only imagine these guys are riding a high right now being on this team and getting re- and getting ready to represent their country and i think these first timers are going to play really well i think we have a lot of experience on our team even though we are we have a lot of first timers these aren't guys that aren't winning golf tournaments. These aren't guys that aren't at the top of the game and at the pinnacle of our sport right now. When you look at a guy like Xander Shaflay and Patrick Cantlay as Ryder Cup rookies, those guys are as good as anyone on earth at any day uh, or any day of the week right right as we sit. So there we go. Yeah. Okay,
0: like cool. Hey, all right. So we I thought it was only the agenda, but real fast, I'm not sure either of you can do something on this podcast real fast, yeah. but no, get out of here, nothing. dude. Okay. I was get waiting for a comment. I mean, you guys are a little long winded. Um, Brooks. Is cool. not that this, fast. This,
1: this is a podcast where we talk about golf. Yeah, so. Exactly. But
0: we got to get through points, I mean, you know, get from point A to point B a little faster. sometimes, We can
1: cut it down to a 25 minute show. We can cut down your introduction too. We I want our listeners to be able to
0: finish up. this podcast before the Ryder cup starts. <laughs> the preview show guys um <laughs> real fast we did talk about bruce kepler's comments he made in a big interview with golf digest you know some comments how yeah it's a weird week at the Ryder cup and it's different and i like to do my own thing and you know i have to do all these meetings and team stuff and then azinger came out and said well if he doesn't like the rider cup get off the team let somebody else who wants to be there what do, what do you make of kepler's comments again i'm gonna emphasize real fast
1: I mean, I got no comment because it'll just be too long
2: <laughs> I need to try this more often. <laughs> I love Paul Lazinger. That is all
0: it just it to me it just seemed like a typical Brooks Kepka
1: douchey comment. Yeah, I mean, he just that's he just loves the drama. He likes to I mean, and that's what he feeds off of. He likes to he likes he likes being in the middle of it, like whether it's good or bad. Like so. I think that's all that is. He just, he just wants to be relevant. Like he didn't do anything at the end of the tour championship. Cause he withdrew like, let me, let me, let me spark some noise and, and, and see how many people can, can bite on it and get some more viewership or listeners, you know, which, you know, I get it. I mean, that's what he's and into. We've heard similar comments it. from like Duvall
0: and way back in the day, he made kind of some similar comments. And but we're I not going to even...
2: talk about the real story here. What's that? Bryson Brooks range bro. Yeah,
0: they were. They were talking today. Well, a big round of applause from the fans on the range had a quick conversation. And you hear the
2: guy, the one guy. Let's see a hug. (laughs) And everyone started laughing. It was fucking great footage.
0: So I I don't know. Brooks is he's just a douche. But, you know, I can't. And I also honestly can't say I disagree with it. or I can see half or three quarters of his points, but it's one of those things. Just don't say it,
1: dude. Like yeah.
0: I get it's different and you don't like doing this kind of shit, but don't say it. Just fake yeah. it. Can you just fake that you care, please?
1: Yeah. Just, just yeah. for everyone else. Just
0: fake it one time. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Now my picks real fast. Great job, guys.
2: Appreciate that. it. <laughs> you want Great to go job. back over mine?
0: No, we're good. I'm going to go mine yeah. real. I'm going to go with sure. my real real fast here. So my yep. captain, my stud this week, he's going to be the U S MVP. He just loves these team events. He's going to play all five matches. Justin Thomas is my captain. He just rises up to these things. His President's Cup record is good. His one Ryder Cup record is good. He's going to be paired with his BFF, and he just feeds off the crowd and the energy, and so JT's my stud this week. Then I go down to Patrick Cantlay. You guys both picked him. You pretty much said everything. He's just going to put his ass off. And I, again, like I said earlier, I think he's going to play a ton of matches too. So in this format, I want can't lay. Then I'm going down to Tony Finau. Big yeah, tone, yeah. big fan, president of his fan club. Obviously, been playing well, but I think this golf course <laughs> golf course fits him perfectly. He's going to make a ton of birdies. You can pair him with anyone. So I like I like Finau there, especially for seventy two hundred dollars. Then I'm going to go down to, uh, I'll skip this one guy. Then I'm going to go down to Daniel Berger, $6,600. Again, he's a kind of guy that is going to feed off the crowd. You know, he's always straight vibing, as he says on his social media. Knows a lot of these guys well, is going to pair well with some guys, hits the ball well, puts it well. I like Berger, $6,600. And then my last two are Euros. I couldn't pick my first team. I picked all Americans and I'm like, well, that's just dumb. (laughs) I got, I got Sergio Garcia on my squad. Like the two of you, he's going to play a lot and he's going to win a lot of holes. So, and then my last pick, my basement pick here, $6,000 Shane Lowry. He's had a Shane. He's had a sneaky, good couple of months. If you look at some of his finishes, you know, a bunch of top 25s really last Hell, you go all the way back to June, he hasn't finished outside the top 26th in any really? of the events he's played.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: And he's a he's a first-timer. I think if it, if the wind gets up a little bit, being from Ireland, I think he could play well on those golf courses. And I think, I always feel like the Europeans had that one guy at the end of the weekend. You're like, shit, I didn't see that coming from that guy. Yeah. Right? It's been Francesco Molinari, or it's been... Whoever they always have this 5-0. like, well, yeah, they right. always have this dark horse guy that no one's talking about. They're talking about Garcia and Poulter and Rom and McElroy yeah. and Hovland, and I think I think Lowry is going to be a sneaky MVP for the Euros this weekend. Is this his first Ryder Cup? Is this is his first Ryder Cup, but I don't think that matters.
1: I like him. I would. He's, honestly I kind of like that like a first timer I think it's better to play not in your home soil yeah I buy that I, I think that because you're you're in your home country it's just more pressure you, you, you're the expectation is that you should play well um, for your first event and I think it's better if you're not like a first timer in a Ryder Cup you should be overseas yeah okay
0: so Boys, one more pick, one more prediction from each of you. <clears throat> Who wins and what's the score?
1: Go for it, McLean.
2: I'm taking the US by a half point.
0: It can't be a half point.
2: I'm taking it by a full point. That fucking right. <laughs> God damn it. I think it's going to be close. I think the US is going to win. I guess you're right because we're retaining or they're retaining well no just because of the way
0: the math works yeah it's That's what i'm saying 28 yeah. points so there's you got to divide that up so it's 14 and a half 13 and a half would be your final nobody can win by a half point because right, half edit, edit that out
2: edit there's that not
0: 27 out. and a half points available there's 28 points edit,
2: out. edit that out <laughs> i've got oh, the sorry. i've got the american squad winning by a full point mike 14 and a half 13 and a <laughs> half yep <laughs> going to be a good weekend looking forward to watching.
1: <laughs> Jaybird. Um do it. <laughs> do it. I mean if we are if we do you asking me what I want to happen? No, I you want your prediction. I, I want your
0: happen? legit think, expert opinion here.
1: I think the I think the Euros are going to win by two points and it's going to come down up uh, two points to a point and a half coming down to the the Sunday.
0: What do you guys not get about math? It can't be a point and a half. It's a point but, or I mean, two points like, or three points.
1: Okay, that's
2: what I said. Hey, thanks, points. Jay. I Appreciate that, <laughs> Jay Bird. <laughs> Making me look good. Yeah. Hey, what the- are the odds we see Brooks and Bryson as a team?
0: No fucking chance. No way. None. No way. None. He's not. Stricker's if Brooks not and Bryson that.
2: play together as a team, I think we win.
0: Stricker is not touching that.
1: Okay.
2: The
0: but last Jay-
1: time the last oh. time a captain did that, it was it was <laughs> Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. And it was a it was a mess. Shit show. It was an absolute mess. Yeah. They All both right. hated each other, but yeah. So, uh, and the Euros are gonna win by a point or two points on yeah, Sunday. So we'll call I'm gonna write down. I'm writing these down. So
0: yeah, I'm gonna call you uh, Euros 15 US 13 on your prediction. Yeah. McLean, or, or or better. McLean has 14 and a half, 13 and a half US. I'm gonna change my score prediction. I'm going 1612 U.S. I oh, love it. I mean, this is optimist. I love it. So I had it. I had it 1513 U.S. I'm going to go 1612 U.S. They're going to get it done.
2: Hey, can I make a gripe real quick? Sure. Love gripes. All right. I understand why they're doing it. I'm just not a fucking fan. Same thing with the Olympics. You know, um, 2020 Olympics. Yeah, I know. Twenty twenty Ryder Cup. I get it. You got all the fucking apparel and all the tchotchkes sitting around with twenty twenty on it, and you still want to sell it? Come on, man.
1: <laughs> well, you answered your own question. Ago, twenty years ago, they did had to do the same thing. They did. It was the you know the two thousand uh, Ryder Cup, or no? I'm sorry. No, I'm it was two thousand one Ryder Cup. Two thousand one Ryder Cup it ended up being the two thousand two Ryder Cup. Um, so
0: yeah. It, oh, yeah, it is it is weird to see all the logos and the graphics on TV, and you know, the merchandise and everything says the 2020 Ryder Cup, it messes you up a little it bit, it does, yeah. But all right, boys, I, I can't wait. Although I'm probably not going to see a ton of it, we have a big event at the club this weekend. I'm going to try to watch as much as you, I can.
1: What do you got? What do you have at the club?
0: We got member member at the club, big time oh. event, it's a match play event um nice so it's uh all day friday and saturday with a shootout so it'll be fun i'll be able to watch on sunday a good bit but nice you know i'm gonna tell my members i'm gonna work hard for the member member but i may be in the grill room watching while they're playing golf yeah. so you know if they're listening to this i may catch a few holes here or there <laughs> of the Ryder cup but guys it's just for the podcast it's research purposes only that's right you know right. so anyways I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. It's a great week. And um olé, anything else, boys?
1: Olé, 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 there it olé, is. Olé,
0: olé, olé, olé. I'm gonna wear you out all weekend via text.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I mean, what are what are the Euros colors? It's like they're weird. What are the weird colors? It's the, the, the blue and yellow. The bu- blue and yellow. And that's really more of like they a gold. Another. They throw like blue a green gold in rod. there too every now and
0: then. And they throw some orange in there, like this like yeah. really kind of like
1: Texas burnt orange kind of yeah. thing. Burn orange but we'll see i hope i would there's nothing would make me happier for me yeah. to be wrong 100 percent. i'm just i'm just giving my honest opinion but i would love the usa to, to i would love for you guys to really rag on me next week when when the u.s wins i can't wait for the u.s to win by a half point <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're going to give one back to the crowd. We're, we're going to give one to you guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, that's, that's by that's the like, way, guys. It's like think, that Graham McDowell President's Cup.
0: And you guys both messed it up, which is even better, pre- which makes the, the odds of me editing that out. <laughs> slim the <than none>. Nun.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> so. God damn it, Jay. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm I was doing that for you buddy I, oh, I appreciate
2: it, brother I appreciate you I'm a confidence
1: booster I want to keep my friends happy okay, you know? hey
2: buddy I appreciate
1: it when I feel uh, like they're down in the dumps I gotta pick them up so and uh, am making outlandish you know outlandish me, prediction that's not even not even real <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right gents uh, that was a little yeah. fun shout out to Traeger Grills
0: yeah. <laughs> Hashtag no free <laughs> ads. It was, was really <laughs> fucking random. <laughs> I mean, trailer reels are awesome. Yeah. Presenting Funny.
2: sponsor. I'm so I'm so happy with this thing. It <laughs> makes my life better. It really does.
1: Uh, uh it makes Trigger me happy are, then. Are nice.
0: So it <laughs> it all right, gents. Happy that you're happy. That's right. All right, gents. Have a good weekend. Enjoy it.
1: Later. Cheers.